Continuing with our African-American theme, I chose a book today called Overturn by Lamar Giles. He's a winner of the Edgar Award finalist and writes murder mysteries. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, especially murder. Chapter one, Dan Harris was not an Uber driver. He was my dad's latest, greatest attorney from the law firm of cheap suit, bald spot, and smoker's cough. Since we left Vegas, he'd chattered endless, endlessly, nor, nothing, straight from the small talk handbook as if angling for five stars and a tip. Stuff like, sure is hot today, huh, Nikki? Dude, we live in a desert. Or UNLV is looking good this year. Were they? He probably meant football, which wasn't my thing. Not that kind of football. The University of Nevada Las Vegas Lady Rebels soccer team had gotten off to a mediocre start this season with a 4-5 record. I didn't say that because if Harris knew anything about soccer, we might end up in a real conversation. I was a little too anxious for that. My mom, sitting next to me in the back seat, was more accommodating, nodding and uh-huh at the right moments. But her eyes and hands gave her away. She never stopped staring at the browns and grays outside her window, scrolling north from the city perimeter to barren sands, and her fingers tapped in endless nervous rhythm on the leather seat next to my thigh. It was a strange thing, picking up your dad from death row. When Harris started talking politics, I knew I couldn't deal with all our nerves tangled in one big vibrating bundle for the entire four-hour drive to Eli State. Uncoiling the wires in my bag, I screwed buds into my ears and dialed up a long and hearty playlist, usually reserved for the game I cared more about more than soccer. Eyes closed, my forehead resting on the cool window, careful not to mush my big poofy hair. I zoned, then dozed. Constellation filled my dreams. All the pinpricks in the sky Dad showed me that when I was little, before Uncle John's murder interrupted us. A firm squeeze above my knee pulled me from the cosmos. I said, what? Or Perhaps I might have vampire hissed. Mom plucked a bud from my ear. Wake up. We're close. Groggy, I smacked my lips, my tongue sour with the notes of an afternoon breath. My Altoys tin rattled when I finished, fished it from my bag. I chewed a handful of chalky mints into paste. Harris got us off Route 6, drove the all-too-familiar streets lined with pool halls, trailer parks, and ice cream stands that also sold beer. In the distance, snow-capped mountains made the horizons ragged. Dad once told me in a letter that he could see those mountains from his cell. For years, I hoped it just wasn't a lie to make me feel better. When, he turned onto, when we turned onto the final street before the prison, the change from our last trip was clear. What was usually a desolate strip of faded asphalt bordered by a set of odd businesses which crowded with vehicles. 
rental cars, and news vans with satellite dishes on extendable arms. The last tenth of a mile to the prison's entrance was a slow crawl through reporters and protesters and fans. Every death row inmate had them. There was a dull buzz in the parting crowd, like driving through a swarm of bees. I suspected we'd get some attention, Harris said, moving beyond small talk, but I certainly didn't expect this much. Why not? I did. The news had been going crazy over Dad ever since his release went from lofty goal to undeniable certainty. Not the big national morning shows where they mix terrorism with celebrity guests and recipes. Locally, though, it's been kind of a big deal. Black man wrongly convicted on shady circumstantial evidence. Officialdom's long hard stance on admitting no wrongdoing whatsoever because, hey, reasons. People picking sides based on as little real information as possible. Vegas loved its homegrown horror stories. You two okay? Harris asked. Mom glanced at me before answering. I nodded and she said, we're fine. Neither of us were strangers to noisy packed crowds. Nothing different from an average weekend at the casino. I was even dressed for it in my black Sunday night hostess dress. I'd considered buying something new, but a stylish black dress was a stylish black dress, even if, if a long swath of brown thigh extending from the hem indicated a much different fit from when 14-year-old me bought it two years ago. There'd been time for better clothes and generally better life than that of a hostess leading drunken ogglers to dinner tables if I had my way. For the time being, I was on a budget. Not like anyone was going to pay me much attention in any way. This was Dad's day. If I didn't already get that, the pot-bellied poker fan holding a welcome home Nathan sign clued me. That poster board greeting, done up in fat sharpie letters and punctuated with a bad drawing of a royal flush, was pleasant. Though it couldn't match the painstaking detail of a sign on the opposite sidewalk. Whoever sheds the blood of man, the sign read, by man shall his blood be shed, followed by the Bible chapter and verse. The wicking fire and hot white hot brimstone coals on that one was a nice touch. Fifty yards from the prison entrance, sawhorses formed a perimeter that the groupies and haters couldn't cross. Guards waited behind the line. One stone-faced refrigerator-sized correction officer stepped to Harris's window. Harris explained who he was, who Mom and I were, and why we dared approach the border of the prison so thoughtfully erected between his world and ours. Harris's lawyer's thing satisfied the CO enough to swing one sawhorse aside and let us through. We pulled into an empty parking space and the guard appeared in his window again. Is everything ready? Harris asked, checking his watch. The guard said, it's time. I stowed my music but heard a drum in my chest. My hand found the door handle and I waited for seconds that felt as long as the last five years. A klaxon sound and a yellow light spun in the bubble over the massive steel and concrete door.
I expected the huge entrance to trudge open and unleash some giant tack or humanoid battle armor suit thingy with sci-fi video games my bestie 2 Gavin sometimes forced me to play. While bestie 1, Molly, reminded him we weren't that kind of girls. The big door didn't part. All the drama for a smaller door set in a larger one. It was from there that Eli State Prison spit my father out. He wore the gray suit mom and I brought him, guessing at the measurements. It almost fit. Erupting from the back seat of Harris's Cadillac, I sprinted despite my heels and flung myself at him like the earth was falling away beneath my feet, and it was either his arms or obliviation. He caught me, and I buried my head in his chest, ugly crying and soaking a patch of his suit wet to a darker gray. Mom was there a minute later, sliming my bare shoulders with her tears. Dad squeezed us so tight. Faintly, a dozen camera shutters clicked and whined, ready to confirm to the world, to all our friends and enemies, that three-time high roller, magazine player of the year, two-time World Series of Poker finalist, and one-time wrongly convicted murderer, Nathan, the broker, Tate, was back. Mom and I stayed in the back seat. After five years in a cage, no reason Dad shouldn't get shotgun. On the highway, a safe distance from the news crew and the crazies, Mom passed a box to the front. A lady at the downtown summer licking kiosk had wrapped it for us, taking extra care to puff the silver ribbon so it looked more like fireworks than tinsel. Mom offered it to Dad the way I'd offered a crayon drawing back in the day. Please like it. He squinted and flexed his jaw, a blatant tail. After a second's hesitation, he manufactured a smile and took his gift. It fooled Mom, so it was a good enough recovery. I recognized his suspicion, though. What was it like when people offered you things in prison? Was there always a hidden cost? What is it? Dad asked, turning it over in his hand like someone working a Rubik's Cube. I touched my shoulder. It's cool. Open it. Conceding, he did. Unwrap the wrappings with care, peeling away the tape instead of just ripping the paper, revealing the white box underneath. It's an iPhone, I said. Oh, I remember those. He sat the box between his legs, never touching the actual device. Maybe later then, Mom said, so chilly I was tempted to crack a window and let in some desert air. Never one to let an awkward moment fade quietly, Harris said. Look, Nathan, I know your head's spinning right now. I don't want to rush anything, but we could probably need to make some sort of public statement soon. Capitalize. Dad checked the rearview mirror as if the prison was in pursuit. I'm thinking we should do it at the Andromedas, Harris continued. Let the world see you back where you belong. Andromedas' palace, niche casino and hotel in the heart of downtown Las Vegas, a.k.a. home. Harris kept going despite my dad's curled lips and narrowed eyes. It's not every day a capital case gets overturned, Harris said. There could be a lot of opportunity here beyond our lawsuit against the district attorney's office and the police department. You know how things are around the country now. The brutality cases, the shootings, 
I mean, that's not what happened to you, and we're grateful for that. But people are fed up and won't stand for another black man getting the shaft from the system. I watched my father closely, a habit he taught me when he was still around to teach me things. The annoyed head tilt, the way he clutched the silk at his knee like it was either grab fabric or Harris's neck. Mr. Harris, I said, an unattempted intervention launched too late. Maybe we should just let him relax for both of us, right? Dad said. The car went quiet. None of us were sure how to respond. Opportunities, Dad said, for both us, the wrong black man and his white knight attorney. Harris's pasty complexion went scarlet. For all of us, his voice trembled when he waved a hand towards me and Mom, trying hard to be nonchalant. Say something, Mom. She only pursed her lips, maintaining her habit of leaving hard stuff to me. Can we listen to some music? I leaned between the seats like I had permission and tapped the satellite radio button, letting some oldies R&B sing a croon about love and happiness we couldn't manage on our own. <laughs>